Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, welcome to the uh, Lori and Julia show, My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. It's a nice Tuesday afternoon, and starting tomorrow, you'll be able to listen to this show at one and a half times normal speed, so you'll be able to listen to it an hour and a half instead of three hours. <laughs> I'm looking to forward to that, that conversation, Julia. Oh, yes. Oh, that one got me going. Well, but me first, first, Julia went out I on went out. a Monday night. What? I, what? I did. <laughs> I know it. I went to see Peter Himmelman. 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 Himmelman his yeah. cousin. At the Dakota last night. Was Sussman Lawrence playing? Well, well, it was just him. And then, and then the, some of the side some. Some of the side guy yeah. who maybe is going to listen today because he recognized my voice. Julia, something I, Victor. I don't know if his first name's Victor, but he's the keyboard player. It was a great band back in the days, oh, but when they broke up, they broke up for good. Th- is that what happened? Yeah, okay, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't Once know. They were done. They were done. They weren't. You know, they didn't. They were on Star Search. Yes. Oh, I don't even. I just remember being obsessed with them because they were all so good looking. Yeah. You know, they were all so good looking. And from St. Louis Park. Yes. And I. More, what is in the drinking water? The Cohen brothers, artistic. Al Franken. I mean, just, geez. What well, a, artistic people. And yes. in the. um, So while I was there, we saw the, the world, guy who wrote Funky Town, Steve Greenberg. I didn't see him there. All right. Um, well, a lot of Jewish people. Yeah, I guess. Creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we were there, so we were there early for the first guy who was singing who ended up playing with him later and it was so quiet and i thought is this how it goes was it an acoustic show yeah. kind of an acoustic set? so i have a loud voice and mm-hmm. things that needed to be said mm-hmm. so that was very stifling for me so i go in the bathroom and it's a quiet long line and i'm like and it was a break. You don't do quiet. I don't do quiet very <laughs> no. well. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I need Did every- you get everyone playing rock, paper, scissors. Basically, while you're Lori. <laughs> so I turn around to the lady behind me. It was it was deadpan quiet. And so yeah. I go to the lady behind What's your Sussman Lawrence story? Yeah. And she said, Well, my um my cousin was in the band or something, and another one, oh, I listened to him in high school, and someone else said I got through them with my divorce, Peter Himmelman. Mm-hmm. And so then it turned into, what's your divorce? Who was your divorce music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone said, Alanis Marset. I said, Damien Rice. I mean, everyone had one. It was very mm-hmm. funny, and that got the conversation. Everyone starts you talking. Broke the ice and the ladies. The bathroom ice. Yeah. Well, the part of room where everything happens. That's but it was true. just kind of um, interesting, because I just thought that could be some sort of a book, my divorce Music, because mm-hmm. everyone kind of goes through it in a different way, and everyone Break had a story. Songs, or you know, 
I wrote a story and then I wrote a song. Yeah, that's amazing. I wrote you a wrote song. a song at the Dakota on a bar napkin, please? On a menu, but there were papers, so oh, I didn't feel okay. bad. Okay. And um, I don't know what it is, but it I is just last was in- week. It's inspired you. You're drawing, you're I, writing songs. I took, you know, on YouTube, I learned how to draw a nose, and then I went to the lips and the eyes. I'll I'll tweet it. I don't know. I'm just kind so you of write this song. It just comes to you like what they me, say. The every good songwriter, but you I'm know, not Donnie, a songwriter. They, but Donnie, don't they say that songs come fast a lot of times? Lyric. You hear about? Yeah, I mean, you hear about John Lennon writing songs on a napkin and on an airplane. Yeah. Well, I'm not yeah. a writer, a lyricist, a singer in a band. You're a poet. With your mouth and your words. Is that what Julia? I am? I yeah. was kind of. You heard it. Did you I think impressed. it was? It's kind of profound. I, I was, thought ooh. I was impressed. Yeah. Did uh, Peter sing Dixie the Tiny Dog by any chance? That would have required me listening. Oh, okay. I was creating. I love that song. He's clever though. He's really funny and clever and um, handsome yeah. and just looks like he enjoys himself so much. Yeah, he had a good banter it, going. Cr- was it crowded? Pretty crowded for, Pretty Monday, crowded night. for mm-hmm. Monday night. And the woman next to me at the bar was a fan. And there was a, an extra seat. And she goes, oh, is Lori coming? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember her name, though. She had curly hair. You know who you are. You know you. But anyway, I want to hear about last we tweeted yesterday is we tweeted a picture of my brother, your husband, going to his first art buddies. Yeah, he was at Obama Elementary. And the cutest thing um the he's got a it's an eight-year-old boy okay and his name is rj the initials hmm. and casey is casey the initials yes. so they laughed and bonded immediately right. over that they're both initials yeah oh, oh and he's so cute what did casey say about it did, he, did he he said uh, he said i i thought we would be like have time to wrestle or you know oh yeah he always like say he said down we're, to the in an, we're in an art room but um rj already knows what his uh superpower hero costume is going to be so hmm. casey is like okay i hope i can do this they're in an art room with art supplies he'll be obviously. great yeah but so was was it fun he for him? enjoyed it very much oh, yeah he really that makes did me happy yeah. for both rj and casey, casey. and, and then casey. my mom called me with her uh movie reviews she and my sister went and saw maleficent yesterday oh maleficent maleficent Maleficent. Melissa, Maleficent. Remember? Sent, yeah, I know. Okay. Here's my mom's review. Oh, I can't wait. Verbatim. Okay. Too scary for kids, too silly for adults. <gasps> All we did was laugh. Was it supposed to be funny? <laughs> I don't know. Is it supposed to be funny? No. Paul no. Grimes okay. answered oh me and said that's a pretty spot on review. Oh, it stinked. Okay. She just said, you know, it was very true to the good versus evil, but she just said it was too scary for kids and too silly for adults. It didn't have the in-between. It didn't have the charm. Like the first one. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So she said you can just wait until it comes out on demand. You were, you'd but, see you, it. but she said it was scary for kids. Lori, Ooh. you told me uh, and you promised on a stack of Bibles that you were going to go see it in the oh, theater. I know, I know it, I know it. But if when I get it, when the mutti goes and gives me I, that review... I know the other bad reviews were for um, the morning show on Apple TV. Not everybody is saying that, but we, yeah, they, there's a lot to discuss there. But before we go to break, I just have to tell you the story that made me crack up in the Star Tribune today. Okay, tell me. It's filed under Florida. 
Of course. (laughs) Shark attack, surfer taking unplanned ride. A 27-year-old man was attacked by a shark that he accidentally jumped on in New New Smyrna Beach. Of course, shark capital of the world. The man was surfing and decided to jump off his surfboard and onto the water. The bad timing, thank you, Tony, Mm -hmm. coincided with the shark that just happened to be swimming nearby. Stop! His feet hit the top of the shark. Oh boy. Stop! And he lacerated the bottom of his feet. But it scared the hell out of the shark. So it the- dodged one way. Oh! And that guy is, what the heck did I just land on? And then he saw the fin. Woo! Wow. There have been 10 shark attacks <laughs> in this is gonna be bad New Smyrna for- Beach. This is going to be bad for tourism. In July and August alone. Yeah, thank you, Donnie. Anyway. I've swam there so many times and at night. But how about that? I, what are the odds? You jump on to that. You just I, yeah, jump off your amazing. board yeah. and then you'd land on, on a, a shark, shark and lacerate because is the shark skin rough? I I would assume so. I don't so. know. Yeah. It looks smooth. It does. It does, but, but it probably is leathery or some yeah. kind of a rough. Or, Did you see the video over the weekend of the great white swimming on its back? No. Very unusual behavior. They don't really know why it did it. It was either something to do with mating or something else, but it's very rare to see. Oh, I hope it was a great mating. White I like it. Swimming it on the surface on its back. It was the lady, you know, swimming yeah. backwards. Yeah. You want to know there is no better position, though, than floating on your back in water. Like that is oh, heaven. Yeah. So maybe the sharks are turning you were going into people. So completely. No, I'm keeping it clean. <laughs> yeah, else. Just the first ten minutes, honey. Okay. Got right. a long way to go. Yeah, we do. All right, listen. When we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Sing it, Patty. Oh my gosh, Patty Labelle, of course, singing "Lady Marmalade." A girl can sing, and she was a blast last night. A good pairing in the clubhouse with uh, Andy Cohen, Boy George, and Patty Labelle. I loved it. And the only two, time those two had ever met was some event at uh, the Apollo, maybe in the eighties, because Sammy Aretha Franklin and was Sammy Davis Jr. Yes. was there, but they had Ooh. never met before. So um, they were quite charming. They at that. were quite charming together. And uh, the first question is: Boy George, someone wants to know about his supposed falling out that he had with Madonna. Oh yes. Okay. Uh huh. Hey Patrick, what's your question? Boy, Boy George, hi. Um, okay, my question is: Have you ever resolved your feud with Madonna, and what do you think of her decision to play smaller theaters with no cell phones allowed? <laughs> I never really fell out with Madonna. It was like a series of incidents where we kind of just never managed to get close. It wasn't that we had we had an unconscious uncoupling without without any decision from either of us. But I've always been a massive fan. You know, I've always bought her records. Yes. You know, I was measured like if I bought someone's records consistently. Yeah. Over a period, then you know what? There's a kind of respect there, you know. And she fascinates me. All right. All right. Fascinates me. All right. Move on. But the thing that I thought was funny is because remember when Boy George was um, the DJ spinner at Glamorama? I do. Remember how far he fell from his heroin addiction? Yeah. And how low he got? Yep. So I like seeing I lo- sober boy George, and he and just he was, looks happy. And he it was, and it's just that that's the truth—the yeah. sobriety and how it looks so good on him. Yeah. That was the fun part of it for me. He's so dishy. Yeah, he really is. And boy George, here's my one good culture club little musical knowledge. Okay, 
they never had to be an opening act. Mm, Even Prince had to be an yeah. opening very, act. You're right. They, very they're very rare, right, Donnie? Oh, for some come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. They also played a fun game where they had to sing their answers. Boy George was better at that than Patti LaBelle. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, we do have that later. Okay, we do. Right, well, let's play the next one uh, talking about Jennifer Hudson. Remember, uh, is going to be playing Aretha Franklin right. in an upcoming biopic. Jennifer Hudson will be playing Aretha Franklin in a biopic. And have you given her any oh, advice on playing the queen? Guess of what? How'd you know? She called me like a month ago and she went to come to my house and we're going to go over my back in the day moves when I was singing with Aretha and all of the things in our back in the daytime. So she wants me to help her with this movie by giving her some info. And that's my baby girl. She's um, phenomenal. So you sang with Aretha when? Oh, many times. Uh, many times. You mean on stage you sang with her? Oh, yes. We did a few shows together. And, and what we, the was last the, thing we did was the White House. You did. I remember that because I asked you about that because it seemed like she didn't say hello to you when you walked by. It seemed like it, it was online. It seemed like she snubbed you or something. No, she really didn't. I think she was going through her illness at that uh -huh. time. Which she's been sick, I think, for a while. And right. Really so she was snapping at people, but not particularly me, I don't think. Did I did. My feelings were hurt, but I, I really understood later. The key to singing on stage with Aretha Franklin is what? Because is that so, because you both have voices where oh. typically other singers might be like, okay, I gotta get a, I gotta get away and let them do their thing. But no. when you're you singing with her, what do you do? Sing. Just sing. Yeah, yeah. Just sing. Sing out. I mean, that's what we do. We have the mic, and we're not supposed to be. You pumped. go for it. Go way out. I wish Patty would help Andy with his screaming. Do you see oh. how loud he talks? Mm -hmm. People, it's every so once in a while, he talks about his mom. Will uh, send him a text. You were screaming tonight in the clubhouse, Andy. <laughs> Sometimes people were on here screaming the microphone. I'm just like, we're screaming. Yeah, yeah. That's he, what the microphones are for. You he know? was yeah. really yeah. loud on that yeah. one, yeah. Andy. I don't know. Okay, maybe he's just busy because uh, shouting because he felt like he had to shout at Joe Judice the other night because he was skyping him from Italy. Well, right I don't in know. the delay, like is the delay whatever he's it still is. On delay. Yeah. Play the next one. This is the one where they talk about how they feel about other singers. They're supposed to sing their response. Patty and Boy George, it's time to compliment your virtuosity with a little virtue. I'm going to list off some of your past collaborators. Instead of just saying the best thing about working with them, I want you to literally sing their praises. Okay, Ooh. Patty LaBelle, Prince, can you sing something praiseful about Prince? When doves cry. It's praising. I mean, he sang about the doves, which is so positive, but they were crying too. So I just love Prince. I ain't singing. All right. Uh, George, Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Ooh, she gives me true colors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. like Tony Bennett. Your yeah. goddaughter, uh, Mariah Carey. <laughs> Gosh. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house 
to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. There's a hero when you look inside your heart. Oh, that's good. George, Diana Ross, you performed Upside Down with Diana Ross? Really? Ooh, and I was upside down. Upside down. Uh, Patty, Elton, Elton John. Oh, just uh, whatever. Uh, every, everything. Every, Elton, you everything. love him. No, I, I'm in love with Elton. Yeah. Everything. I can't sing a song right now, but we did record together. Thank you very much. Thank oh, you very funny. much. And someone did ask Boy George about Dorit and Pete Piquet. Yes, yes, he did. Piquet is yeah. supposedly producing the movie about Boy George's mm-hmm. life. We'll see if Piquet ever gets any backers. And he backers. hopes Dorit just goes over the top and is fabulous this year. Just be be more, be bigger, Dorit. And Piquet, all right, I have something to back up a little bit on yeah. Boy George and the Madonna. Yeah. Supposed feud. Here's what happened is way back when in the 80s, he um, reportedly compared Madonna with Miramil. Comparing Madonna with Marilyn Monroe is like comparing Rocka Welsh with the back of a bus. Oh, and then, it, and then it was after she went to uh, the Oscars with Michael Jackson, very wow. Madonna, very Marilyn. Remember yes, that? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. you're right. Maybe it was and, after that. And then also in a 2006 documentary, he said of Madge, I think she's just vile, hideous, horrible human being with no redeeming qualities. Whoa. There's nothing nice about her. I've never heard anyone say anything nice about her at all. But then he admitted to the Huffington Post in 2014 that he had insulted her over the years. I've said awful things about Madonna, and I'm not proud of it at all. All right. I'm really not proud of it because I don't know her. All right. Well, let's get to the last one real quick. My question, though, is um, do you ever regret turning down singing I Will Always Love You before Whitney Houston sang it? Was that song offered to you, Patty? Dolly Parton offered it to me. What? Before before, uh, The Bodyguard. Okay. And I said to Dolly, oh, yes, I want to do that song, honey. Before I could say real yes, it was in the movie and Whitney killed it. So. Wow. I have not done it since Whitney. But I plan to put it in my show one day. I would like but to But I was so that. happy that Whitney got that song and it just went like it did. But Dolly Parton and I had planned. Patty, you're going to sing that song next. Wow. <laughs> That's, That's how good show story. business is. Right. You never know. Right, right, right. But moment down. by moment. Yes. Huh. Thank you, darling. And what else? I would like to, I would like to hear that. I would like to hear you sing that oh, song. Oh, I will put it in my Have show. you ever sung it? in? Tri- did you ever sing it over the years in tribute to Whitney or anything? No. In a, no. Did you ever sing with Whitney? I think we did. That was my little girlfriend. I think we did sing together. I yeah. don't know what, but we were together. And she's wearing a beautiful uh, blonde. Her hair is blonde, and uh, you know she's single. I don't she know if her husband of 34 years maybe passed away, but she told Andy, I'm not looking, but I have a crush on Sam Elliott. Oh, I know, but she couldn't <laughs> like, figure out who it was, and no one else yeah. could, and I'm screaming at home, Sam, Sam Elliott, Sam, Sam Elliott. So the movie that's in the works about the life and career of Boy George mm-hmm. is at MGM. No cast is yet right. attached. The director, Sasha Gervasi or something. But okay. He previously okay. did um, things on Alfred Hitchcock and heavy metal band Annabelle. Who, the director? Yeah. Okay. And it's going to chase his childhood life, blah, 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 but blah, not blah. not much is happening. I'm trying to find Piquet's name in here. He was a heroin addict for many, many years. Yeah. All right. Patty's ex-husband, uh... 
Armstead Edwards was his name. They divorced back in 2003. Oh, okay. So That's all I could find. She, was, she really looked pretty. Amazing. All right, listen. When we... Tonight, we got some clouds coming in and uh, 23, 23 for the overnight low tonight, giving away to a partly sunny and 36 degree high for you Wednesday right now. A lot of sun and 39 in my talk. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, had to check out. I, had to, I thought I haven't read Roger uh, Friedman's Showbiz 411. Sometimes he gets a skinny on some stuff yeah. in the entertainment world. Here's his top story today. Okay. Everyone hates Apple TV in the morning show. Karma is a you know what as critics pan the whole, whole deal. But then he goes on to say, well, I liked the morning show and apparently I'm just one of a few critics that do. Right. The Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, these are his words, soap opera about network TV has a 59 on Rotten Tomatoes. The Hollywood Reporter has a feature today on how much critics don't like it. I saw that. morning show. So yeah. we'll have to, are we talking to Neil Justin soon? Uh, yeah, I'll set that up. And also, the Hollywood Reporter story, part of the story is why Apple TV doesn't need to exist. Wow. That story was picked up by the Drudge Report, so now everyone knows. Apple TV has no goodwill in the press. Who's ever handling it has done such a great job that critics have turned on them like a pack of wild dogs. That it's more about Apple TV. Still, last night, Apple threw a big, gigantic, you know, party at uh, the Lincoln Center. And, um... Lots of people were there, and he said, of course, I did like this show. We've only seen three episodes. Right. People got to preview it. Steve Carell is signed on for all ten episodes, and he plays a Matt Lauer-like anchor who gets fired for sexual harassment, blah, blah, blah. Rolling Stones' uh, Alan Sepinwall disagreed with me completely. He wrote, the show feels like it could have aired on broadcast TV anytime in the last 20 years. I read that one. As long as the profanity got... Cut and he compared it to the newsroom, observing it's Sorkin without Sorkin. There's no snappy dialogue or anyone or any attempt to argue why people should care about this future of the show within the show. So Apple has committed fifteen million dollars each to twenty episodes mm-hmm. of this wow. show. Yeah. And that is one of the other things that Roger Freeman points out that people are like if you're spending fifteen million, and yes, four of the fifteen million are going to your two stars, right? Two of your three stars, it should feel richer. It should feel better. Yeah, it should feel not so cheesy. Mm. Well, and mm. I, then I read it. So t- that price of that iPhone is going to be going oh. up, kids. <laughs> well, no, here's here's the deal. So last night I was online trying to figure out how to sign up because this starts Friday, yeah, which I, is November first. So I'm online trying to figure out. How to sign up for Apple Plus TV? Yeah, it's easy. It, it how you do it on your? Do you have a Roku or a? Do you have a Roku or a smart TV? I have a smart TV. You just download the app. Yeah. On the TV. Yes. Oh, you can. Yeah, you can even download it on your phone or whatever. And yeah, your it shows. Up. I couldn't yeah. figure that out yeah. last night for some reason. Yeah. All right, so you just do it on your you smart do TV. That. Okay. And the other thing that and and just kind of reading because we're still all going to watch it. 
I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I love soap operas, first of all. And if if they're saying Apple TV is irrelevant, why do we need it? Why do we need HBO Encore? Why do we need Disney Plus? Well, it's like, what is going to happen to all these streaming services? There's too many. Yeah. And someone's going to, there's going to be a cable service for streamers. Yeah, I don't. It's all going to be packaged under an umbrella. Yeah, it's it's very confusing. But one of the things that I I did pick up that seemed to be a consistent thread with the, the TV critics who don't like the morning show is that um okay Aniston and Reese they're the faces of Apple mm-hmm. Plus because Jen got on Instagram these yes. two are doing all their interviews they are. together they're the big ones and um but what some critics have been pointing out is that Aniston as the morning show anchor of this morning big yep. network TV yep. show is supposed to be the quote unquote aging diva Right. Okay. And Reese is the younger upstart, mm-hmm. all about Eve style. Yeah. But in real life, and it's on camera, the age difference is it's only negligible. Like five years, yeah, I was just going it? to say that. It's like five years because Jennifer just turned 50, and I think Reese might be 43, 44, yeah. or something yeah. like that. So they said it's so, it feels like Reese is miscast. Got it. Mm. They needed someone way younger. So mm. there was enough of a difference in the look. Like Got at it. 30, you'd have a 30-year-old. That would right. be, you know, kind of a thing. Anyway, uh, they were at the premiere last night. Mark uh, Duplass is in the show. And Wendy Williams showed up at the premiere last night. What was she in her pajamas, though? She was what in was a that? pair of pink pants that no one bothered to hem for her with her flat-form tennis shoes. You know, it was a cute outfit, but just, whoa, Wendy. Well, in the cast, there's a lot of people that we know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it oh, looks... Yes. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Casey, he downloaded it. We kind of were looking on it, and we started watching The Godfather of Harlem. Is that I've a new? Is that. that an Apple TV show? It's an epic show, but EPIX, but Apple has that. So there is Weird. content on Apple Plus already. They're, they're like Game of Thrones you can watch on there. Really? Yeah, yeah. you're just accessing through Apple TV. You can access... HBO and Epics, just like through Hulu, you can access but it's, HBO. But it's not it's just, when they're fresh shows. No. It's after so it's like Netflix, aired. how they had the older yeah, shows. Yeah, it's, it's after it's oh, aired. Weird. So like All anything, right. I, I think, I don't know, Donnie, I don't know enough about Apple TV, but uh, The Godfather of Harlem with Forrest Whitaker, True Life, you know, based on a true guy. Yeah. I think Denzel Washington played this guy in American Gangster. Oh, is that right? Yeah, the guy mm-hmm. he ran alongside of the mob, but he had Harlem, like from 110th Street mm-hmm, up, mm-hmm. or something like that. Anyway, it was, you know, of course, Casey was all in on it because anything mob related. Oh, I know. He's kind of predictable that way, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is, but it was good. And Force Whitaker is, he's amazing. Oh, he's yeah. a great actor. You know what? He really is. And so I think, okay, I got to figure this out yeah. tonight then. then. My brother sent me a thing. Did you watch? Because the finale of The Deuce. Which I you love guys that watched. show. I love I that didn't show. watch it. Yeah, I haven't seen the finale, but the, I haven't either. The previous episode, something happened that just blew me. Well, b- bad. Word. I have two episodes. <laughs> to oh, see. you're two. You guys oh. really like it that much. You it's, know what? It's gotten good. It's really good, and it is a fascinating peek back at New York City when mm-hmm. they were trying to clean it yeah. up, and yeah, Times Koch. Square was yeah. porn central, yeah. and. Um, you know, it was a very, very different, gritty, gritty, gritty that, you know, I don't know. And how they were chasing, which is not anything new, but how they were chasing 
businesses out of buildings so that they could turn around in development. Oh, and yeah. It's just kind of fascinating. Maggie Gyllenhaal is everything She's in that movie. Good, yeah. And actually, even though James Franco can kind of bug me sometimes, he's, he's good, playing twin he? brothers. He's he's really good. Mm-hmm. It's just got a great cast of characters. I agree and, with you. Yeah. And and the porn doesn't hurt, you know, or anything. It's, you know, 70s porn, so it feels like... <laughs> a lot like, of bushes. It feels like, yeah, a lot of bushes. A lot we of can't see much. A lot of Merkins yeah. being worn on the set right. and all natural boobs. Right. Uh, Stumptown, you guys, uh, that show got renewed. Uh, I like really that? like that show. So good. Yeah. Do you know who she's married to? Who? The star? The star of Stumptown. Oh, what's her name? Uh, well, I'm looking it up okay. because that's my job. <laughs> yeah. show. She's married, I think, to Taryn Egerton. Oh, is she her really? Husband. Because, okay, because Taryn Eg- Egerton, who played John. Oh, no, not Taryn. Not no. Taryn. I'm mixing it up. Her name, is, her name is Colby. Colby, Colby Smolders. Taryn Killam? Is he the guy from SNL? Kind of, he always. If you see his face, you recognize him. Anyway, and Mixish got a full season pickup too, which that show you is darling. It. I yeah, love that yeah, show. Yeah, Taryn Killam. She's married to Taryn. That is Killam. who she's, yeah. and he is an SNL guy, right? You can't put a face with yeah, his he, name, but he you recognize him. He is an him. SNL guy, and he they have two kids together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's cute. He is cute. Donnie posted uh, the Mandalorian. Or he's not an SNL guy, isn't he? Well, he yeah, does. he did used to be an SNL. Okay, fine. I mean, whatever. How about this? Let's just switch gears completely. Please. And let's talk about, because we had our lady from the Chanhassen last week who showed you the cat moves. Oh, I could tell. Yes. So Taylor Swift did an interview with Zane Lowe yesterday, and she has revealed that she has co-written a song with Andrew Lloyd Webber for the new Cats movie, which is not in the original score. And I am wondering... Meow! Today is International Cat Day. Yes, and I am wondering now if this song, Taylor is letting us know this, if she is going to be possibly performing at the Golden Globes. Kitty cat, kitty cat, meow, this meow, meow. This song, because this is the kind of thing... That the Hollywood foreign press mm-hmm. would love. They love Andrew Lloyd Webber. So they they're going to the nominate cats. Possibly for best chain. original song uh, for the Oscars, which right. would be. Oh, I see. Okay. This would be for kind Oscars, of a part yeah. of the campaign. And um, she said, I, I learned they had this beautiful piece of music and they didn't know what they wanted the cat to say. And I was like, I got you. I know what the cat would say. And the line is, the line That's is... That's kind of my favorite, what does the frog say, yeah. you know, seriously. And the line... That would be a whole new children's book series. Yeah, because I guess it's a song, I knew it would be right after Jennifer Hudson sings Memory, which of course is the right, best song, right, Grisabella. Right. And she, you know, that song is about, you know, all these beautiful, incredible moments in her past, so what is the next cat going to sing? This, uh... At least you had those amazing memories. Basically, the first line that came to me was like, and the memories were lost long ago, but at least you have beautiful ghosts. So she wrote it with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, this film is coming out, people. It is. Mm -hmm. I know. So she's committed to this story, you know. Well, she's letting us know she's on top of it. And and she's been a massive cat person she's got cat she has her own cat taylor and beyonce could both be at the dolby on february 9th which just 
February 9th is so early um, because she's uh, pushing, or at least the Disney is pushing for a Best Original Song nomination from The Lion King. Mm. Well, duh. Yeah. yeah. Is this what saying. the cat says? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. And then, you know. Taylor is uh, the uh, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals revived a copyright lawsuit focused on the lyrics of "Shake It Off." Jules, just oh. so you know, going back to court. So the she, lyrics in question are: "Players going to play, 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 play," and "Haters going to hate, 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 hate." I'm going to trademark my new song that I just wrote. <laughs> you better do it. So anyway, I mean, that's please. going back to court. Back to court, and someone owns a piece of. Mothhold sweater history. The Kurt Cobain sweater from Unplugged went for three hundred and thirty-four thousand. Wow. It's a memorable sweater, though. Wow. I, How are they going to store that you're sweater? You're going to put it in an acrylic case, humidifier. You're going to have it in the right room. You're going to have the right lighting on. They're going to go talk to an art museum. How do you? How do you? They're talking to the Smithsonian right now. Maybe they'll donate it to or the Harry Smithsonian. Styles closet. Yeah, I mean, I mean it <laughs> yeah. needs to go like the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. It's going to be harder and harder. Sweaters are one of the hardest things to make last. Mothballs. Oh, cedar, but cedar it, chips. All right, or cedar go. balls. Okay, listen. When we come back. Oh my gosh, this is an unbelievable psychological. <laughs> it's more of a why done it than who done it. The book is called The Stranger Inside. We're talking to Lisa Unger next. Stranger Inside, Lisa Unger, Hi, international Lisa. best-selling author. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, Absolutely. my gosh. We have read your books before, but we've never had you on. And The Stranger Inside, whoa, that is quite a ride you take us on. Wow, thank you. Thanks for thanks for chatting with me today. I'm psyched to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Can you give us a quick summary or our listeners a quick summary of the book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so The Stranger Inside is about an investigative reporter turned stay-at-home mom. And uh, she's, you know, she and her husband have agreed that, you know, she's going to be home for a year and she wanted to do that. But, you know, slowly she starts getting pulled back into the story that pretty much ended her career that made her sort of lose faith and justice and what she was trying to do as a reporter. And as she gets deeper and deeper into this story that, you know, sort of comes alive for her again, it starts drawing her into a trauma from her own past. And um, a vigilante killer is closer than she knows. And, and the thing about your books, and, I think that I really, and, I, I, I know, Julia, don't, no, no, no. I love how no. <laughs> the, all the psychology, I mean, how much research do you do in your book to explore the different, you know, facets of sort of what makes a killer think with the instincts, you know, that people have that have been traumatized. Wow. And that was really a fascinating and very readable parts, part of the book. Thank you. Yeah, I do um, a tremendous amount of research. And in fact, you know, sort of every one of my novels is, yeah. you know, kind of a deep dive into something that fascinates me about the human psyche. You know, I think that the, the human mind is kind of the ultimate mystery. I mean, we know more about 
more about space than we do, we know about our own brains. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of questions, and I spend a lot of time researching, um, reading, speaking to people, you know, trying to get at, you know, some of these questions that fascinate me, like what makes us who we are? You know, is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it some impossibly complicated helix of both of those things? So those are the, the questions that I dive deep into in my fiction, and, and of course, I wind up doing a, a lot of research to, to understand it better myself. I mean, where do you go? Like the FBI, the behavioral science? I mean, I'm curious how you research well, some of the aspects. Yeah, I mean, in this particular, in this case, for The Stranger Inside, um, the, the germ for the novel uh, was a book called The Inner World of Trauma by uh, Dr. D- uh, Donald Kalshad. And he wrote a very, very incisive book about um, trauma and its effects on the on the psyche and on the personality and um, also on the spirit. And um, I, when I was reading that book, I came to understand this concept called the splinter psyche. And basically, when it's a Jungian idea that when the psyche undergoes tremendous trauma, it can actually split. Um, in order to save itself. Wow. And so I was, like, stronger aspects of the personality emerge to protect the weaker aspects, and this often happens um, during childhood trauma. So um, it led me, you know, reading about that led me to do more and more research into the idea of the splinter psyche, and it led me to a question, which was, you know, what happens to these stronger aspects when the psyche moves towards wholeness and wants to heal itself, what happens when they're no longer needed? And so it's, you know, it's, it's tremendous amount of just, I think like a lifetime of reading, probably if I wasn't an author, I'd, be a, be a psychologist. psychologist. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds sure. like, well, if you're just joining us, we're chatting with Lisa Unger. Her latest book is The Stranger Inside. You've had so many bestsellers. I think, is this your 18th? This is my 17th novel. 17th novel. Um, And you're just, you can't put down this book. I mean, because you keep wondering, and I like how you tap into, um, you know, this woman who became obsessive compulsive with this one story and how it just devastated her. So I, I, it's kind of interesting going from the producer side of it, that she was a producer for like an NPR type program. Mm -hmm. And then going back to the stay home mom about it, side about it. And then, you know the um, the judgment on being at home yeah. uh, right, by like the colleagues between those two oh, parts yeah. of yourself. Yeah, and I could. Fe- I mean, I think that's so relatable because I remember feeling that you know, like you want to be home, but boy, I like to work a lot too, and so that yeah. conflict, that struggle, is, I think, is real, real. Yeah, I think that. I mean, and I also, of course, felt it myself as a writer. You know, like I had never. Before my daughter was born, there was never anything that rivaled my desire to write. Right. You know, and then she comes along, and all of a sudden, I just want to be with her, you know, but I still have all these voices in my head, you know, and then when I'm I'm writing, you know, I just want to be with my daughter, and it was like, it wasn't even like a conflict between, it's not even just a matter of, like, work-life balance, it's a matter of balancing these two big parts of yourself, these two big, all-consuming creative enterprises right you want to be mm-hmm. the best you know that you can be at both things mm-hmm. and you want to be there for your child so it's like how do you find how do you find a balance like how do you allow yourself or give yourself permission to be 
both things. So that's definitely another central theme mm-hmm. in the yeah. book. I'm curious with because you do write such you know your their psychological Twisted. thrillers. Mm-hmm. They're you know really good. <laughs> are you trying to scare us, the readers, or do you scare yourself first, and that's how it leads you to scaring <laughs> us? You know, that's such an interesting question because I think that most writers who write crime fiction they come to the page to metabolize fear. So it's not like I'm trying to scare you or I'm scaring myself in the writing. It's mm-hmm. more like I'm already scared. Okay. <laughs> like I already have this like really dark and twisted imagination and you know those ideas and I always have had and those ideas like sort of find their way onto the page. I think, you know, in a in a true way as I try to understand these things myself, you know, it's almost like if you can narrate your nightmare, then you can control it. Yeah. This I would feel be like, a good show. This would be, would be like like a good TV show. Yeah, I want yeah. like, uh, you know, I'm thinking like a sharp objects kind of a thing. Eight episodes. Yeah. I'm fine yeah. with Amy yeah. Adams playing Rain. How about you? <laughs> a perfect, sure. Lisa, do you... If <laughs> you're the call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all in. The book is The Stranger Inside. We only have one minute left with you, Lisa. Lisa, what is the last last great book that you read the last great book that i read you mean like great great or something recent no or? great i want great great yeah the book we you want, just loved yeah. it yeah um one of my sort of favorite recent reads is the goldfinch by donna tart oh gosh <laughs> yeah i really love that book i thought it was just sort of an epic journey um of character a, a masterwork and it was you know definitely one of my favorite books of the last i don't know what 10 years maybe we gotta try it again okay here, then let yeah, me just you. change my question okay. did you see the movie <laughs> the goldfinch What's that? I'm sorry. Did you see the Goldfinch movie? I did not. It didn't play anywhere long yeah, enough. I couldn't. That I, is a book. I, I, I couldn't watch it. I wouldn't. I After having a relationship like that with, with the book, book mm-hmm. I just didn't Isn't know cool? if I could have that same relationship with the with the film. Yeah, Books well, they, are so great. But like a book like that, uh, we talked yeah. to a couple of people who were fans of that book, and they're like, it would have been a better miniseries because you would have had more time to tell the story without chopping right, off big so parts. La- it's so layered, and there's you know there's so many pieces right. to, the, to his journey, and there are just so many different you know sort of vivid characters. And stuff. I don't. I don't know how they could. You know, I don't know how it could be a feature film. I could definitely I, see though a limited. Yeah, a limited. A limited we have to go, it. Lisa. The book is a stranger inside. Thank you, thank you. Keep writing great books. Um, we've got a couple.